The Dutch Brother gift card is on the line tonight. By the way, you would think this is a lottery ticket. It's not. It's only a $5 Dutch Brothers gift card, but these teenagers would kill each other for this if they could. They want the gift card. So here we go. Teenagers, if this week you read chapters 36 through 40, those five chapters, stand to your feet. Where are you at? Stand to your feet. Oh, my. There are our ice cream winners. Does it taste good? Well, not yet. You haven't tried it yet. But now comes to the serious business. What chapter are we going to be looking at? Colby, don't put it on the screen. Colby has my sermon notes up there. Don't cheat. Don't help him, okay? I don't have enough gift cards. Here we go. If you think, we'll do this very, very scientific-like. If teenagers, you think it's chapter 36, hold up a 6. If you think it's 37, hold up a 7. If you think it's 8, hold up an 8. If you think it's 39... Hold up 39, well, not 39, hold up a 9. And if you think it's 40, you can just give me a 0, okay? There you go, either one. Hold those up high, higher, I, I want no cheaters. No cheaters, okay? Here we go. i got to double check what chapter I'm in. Okay, I thought so, I just want to make sure. Okay, here we go. If you have this up, 40, sit down, you're eliminated. Okay, I didn't see anyone, so we want to eliminate that one first. okay. If you have a six-up, you're eliminated. Andrew Park told me, Brother T.D., it's been like three months. He still hasn't won a gift card. He reads it every week. Well, you've got to get better at guessing, Mr. Park. Here we go. If you have a nine, 39, you're eliminated. Sit down. That leaves chapter 37, 38. We're down to two. 50-50, you guys are still in. Hold them up nice and high. If you have a seven, you can remain standing. Eights are eliminated. Now we get trickier because we've obviously got a tiebreaker. So we're in chapter 37. Adults, you can get your Bibles open to 37. Here we go. Teenagers who are still standing. They're looking now because the tiebreaker, we go down to the verse. We get real picky, Brother John. Here we go. If teenagers, there's 36 verses. If you think we're going to be focusing on 1 through 17, verses 1 through 17, raise your hand right now. 1 through 17, raise your hand. They're nervous. Can you, can you taste it? Can you taste it? If you think it's 18 to 36, do not raise your hand. Raise your hand 1 through 17. 18 through 36, do not raise your hand. It looks like we have a lot of hands raised. Here we go. If your hand is raised, you are eliminated. I just eliminated a bunch. We have one, two, three, four, five, six left. They all are junior hires, praise the Lord. What would we do without junior hires? Well, things would smell a little less, actually. Here we go. We're gonna, some of you just now getting that. I appreciate that, okay? Delayed reaction. Here we go for the six that are standing. we got to get more specific. If you think we're going to focus, let's do it this way. The main verse. It was hard for me to pick a main verse, Brother Colby. The main verse. If you think the main verse is going to be an even number. Some of, you, some of these junior hires don't know what an even number is. I'm hoping that will eliminate some of them just by that. If you think it's an even number, 
Raise your hand. The main verse will be an even number. Raise your hand. Some of them are just looking around going, okay, at this point, who, I gotta guess what no one else is guessing. If you think it's an odd number, do not raise your hand. I think we have a strategy. The two girls are staying with each other and the four guys are going with each other. That's a dangerous, Hugh is not, Hugh is looking at the guys going, I don't think I want to side with these guys. Hugh, are you up or down? He's down. Uh oh. Andrew and Michael, they do not trust you. Here we go. Hands up is an even number. Hands down, they think it's an odd number. Well, the two guys with their hands up are still in. Here's what we'll do. Should I? Hmm. I ain't got no more time. I'll give you both a gift card after the service, okay? I'll see you after. Praise the Lord. There's our winners. By the way, Andrew Park, there's always next week, okay? Read your five chapters. If you would, get your Bibles open tonight, church family. Thank you for enduring that chaos. That's, a, that's some teen chaos right there. Get your Bibles open. We're going to be in Genesis 37 tonight. I want to start in verse 18, and we're going to read 12 verses to start. I want to read this story very quickly. We're going to pray, and then we're going to get rolling into the message. Verse 18, the Bible says, And when they saw him afar off, Even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. Of course, this is the story of Joseph. If you remember the story, Joseph has his siblings, his brothers. Um, Joseph has the coat of many colors. And Joseph has been sent by his father to get his brothers. And they see him afar off and they, they, they got some beef with their brother. We'll say it lightly. Look at the next verse, verse 19. And they said one to another, behold... This dreamer cometh. Remember the dreams Joseph had had and how he had dreamt that his family was bowing down to him. And he had told them that dream. He didn't really understand it. But when they heard that dream, even his parents were upset about this. So they say, here the dreamer cometh. Look at verse 20. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it. And he delivered him out of their hands. And said, let us not kill him. Of course, Reuben was the oldest brother. Verse 22, and Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and they cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midian merchantmen, And they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he rent his clothes. And he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and whither I whither shall I go? Tonight, I want to talk about decisions. Decisions. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get right into the message. Dearly Father, we love you, God. It is so good. On a Wednesday night to be in your house amongst Christian brothers and sisters. 
Lord, we have teenagers here, we have adults here, we have parents, we have senior saints. Lord, tonight, as we look at your word, I believe this message can speak to every single heart tonight. And God, we ask that you would bless the service in your precious name. Amen. Of course, in this, uh, these verses, you see a terrible decision, don't you? You see the decision of some brothers to sell Joseph, their younger brother, into slavery. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at this story and go, you know what? I think that's a bad decision. I don't think that is a decision you should make. And as we go through life, we often have decisions, right? And sometimes those decisions, when we make a bad one, sometimes it affects affects us short term. It affects us for a day. Uh, Some of you have experienced that when you left your coffee on the top of your car in the morning. You got to work and realized, oh, my coffee's gone, right? Bad decision. You were hoping they had a coffee pot ready at work. Because if not, it was going to be a bad day. It didn't affect you the next day, just that day. Some bad decisions affect us for a week or two. Uh, I've worked many jobs and there's been times where I had a bad day at work, right? And after a bad day at work... Uh, I was in the doghouse with the boss or my coworkers because I had made a bad decision the week prior. Sometimes they last a week or two. Other bad decisions last years. Uh, this week, uh, Pastor Jeremy Malucci, our administrative pastor, was teaching our church and school staff here at the church. And he brought this story up and he had mentioned how he believes that the guilt, the guilt that the brothers had affected them their entire lives. We know later Joseph would forgive them, right, in Egypt, but really, really, do you think they ever got over that bad decision they made? Did it haunt them? I believe they, they, they felt guilty about that their entire lives. This decision they were about to make was going to be a massive decision for really their entire future. And tonight I want us to notice in this passage The importance of decisions. Sometimes those small decisions that lead to big consequences, right? Sometimes big decisions. Whatever the decision is, I want tonight to look at the story and notice a few things about their decisions. Now, aren't you glad God allows us to make decisions? One of the greatest things in life is the freedom that God has given us to make choices and make decisions. God could have made us robots, could he have not? But he didn't do that. He wants us to make decisions. Now, that's positive. The positive is this. I get to make decisions. The negative is sometimes I make bad ones. Sometimes I make bad choices and bad decisions. God gives us that choice, however. We also know that God wants to help us make the right decisions. See, God did not put you here on this earth to make choices and decisions on your own. He didn't just put you on earth with a blindfold on, with no help, with no guide. In fact, he gave you his word that we get to preach from, we get to read from, we get to study from. He gave you his Holy Spirit, who's inside of our hearts, to help lead and guide us to make wise decisions. And so God wants us to make wise decisions. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, you know this verse, many of you have it memorized. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. 
In other words, God wants to show you and help you make the right decisions. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God gives us the freedom to make decisions and to make choices. And God wants to come alongside each and every one of us to help us make the right decisions, the right choices. You say, Brother Cedia, why do we make bad decisions? By the way, anybody ever made a bad decision? Both of my hands are up, right? Why do we make bad decisions? Uh, I wrote just a few things down. Well, first off, we're sinful. We're sinful. We live in this thing called the flesh. We were born sinners, and every single day, we battle our sin nature. Apostle Paul talked about it much in the epistles, where, where he said the old man and the new man, and every day I have to fight that old man, I have to continue to put him off. Uh, he said, I have to die daily. Die daily to what? The sinful flesh that we live in. See, if we're not careful, we go through a day, and we have decisions that come, and we make bad ones sometimes because we're sinful. And we make a bad decision because our sin nature wins out. By the way, how many hate those days? I hate those days. Those are the days you lay in your bed at night and you're thinking, man, I made some bad decisions today. My sin nature beat me. The Spirit was telling me not to do that and I I did it anyway. The Spirit was saying, don't say it, TJ, and you said it anyway. Man, the sinful nature came out. You lost the battle there. You made a bad decision. Sometimes we make bad decisions because of simpleness. We're just simple. The book of Proverbs talks about the simple man. He doesn't make it because he's sinful, a bad decision because he's sinful. He makes a bad decision because he's simple. He hasn't thought it through. He hasn't looked at the consequences that may come. He just hasn't put it all together and he makes a bad decision. He's simple. I like this one and this is Brother TJ. Sometimes our bad decisions are because we're stupid. We're stupid. We're just not very smart sometimes. We knew what to do, we knew what we should have done, but instead, we make a bad decision, because we're not always the brightest. I've been there many times. Sometimes we make bad decisions because we're selfish. We start thinking about ourselves, what makes me happy, what will help me the most. And because we are selfish and we start becoming self-centered, we make a decision that later on, we would regret. Tonight, I want to look at these brothers. I don't want to focus on Joseph tonight, although we certainly could. And Joseph's a, a, an amazing Bible character. But I want to look at the decision the brothers made. And tonight I'm going to give you seven observations. Now, I know, some of you just died. You heard seven and you thought, dear Lord, seven points from this preacher? Oh, my. I go quick, okay? I'm short and I usually preach short. And don't forget, ice cream is waiting. Some of you are in chapter 36 and 37. You better read faster, okay? You better read faster. I want to look... At seven different things I noticed when I studied these verses on why these guys make a terrible... I I think we all agree this is a bad decision to sell your brother into slavery. Why did they make that decision? One of the wise decisions you can learn in life is to learn from the poor decisions of others, right? So tonight, let's make a good decision and let's learn from these guys on what they did that led them to make a really bad decision. Number one, if you're with me. First off, I want you to notice verse 18. They did what everyone else was doing. Look at verse 18. And when they saw him afar off, 
even before he came near unto them, they, all of them together, conspired against him to slay him. Verse 19, and they, all of them together, said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. I want you to notice sometimes what leads you and me to bad decisions is when we just do what everyone else is doing. When we just get involved and we just blindly follow everyone else. Sometimes in life, that can be a good thing. If you're around Christian people who are living for the Lord and you stand with them and stand together, boy, that's certainly a good decision. But this we could all agree was not a good decision. Yet they sit there amongst themselves and the majority is ruling. And the majority decision they're about to make is a pretty poor decision. It's a bad decision, but they all just jump in on it. They all did what each other was doing. My mom grew up telling me this. Maybe you've heard this. She would say, son, if everyone else jumps off a bridge, would you do it too? How many of you ever heard your parents tell you that? And of course, the answer is, of course not, mom. I would not jump off the bridge unless I had a parachute, obviously. Okay? You've got to think these things through. We all would say that, yet whatever age you are, if you're not careful, you will make your decisions based on what everyone else is doing. And I'm here to tell you, if you do that, there's a strong chance you might make a poor decision. You might make a poor decision. Joshua himself had to make this statement in the Old Testament. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, Joshua realized, I'm not going to do what everyone else in Israel is going to do. Me and my house, we're going to make a decision today that even if I'm in the minority of those who serve God, me and my house will serve God. In the Bible, we find that we should join with those who are following God and be cautious of those who aren't. Number two, how many survived? Point one, are you still alive? Okay, number two, you might make a bad decision if your feelings are out of control. Look at verse 18. When they saw him afar off, even before they came near, they conspired against him to slay him. How many think murder is a pretty big feeling there? Can you see the anger in their eyes? Can you, can you feel the jealousy coming from the pages? Can you see the frustration? The, I, I mean, all of us have been pretty mad at our brother. But to contemplate literal murder? You better be angry, man. I mean, you're, you are really upset, right? They are letting their emotions dictate their decisions. Jealousy, hatred, anger are all on full display in this story. Can I ask you a question tonight? How many bad decisions have been made because someone had an emotion out of control? How many times have you made a bad decision because your emotions were out of control? Husbands, we've gotten ourselves into trouble because we were angry. And later that night, we had to go to our wife and apologize. Honey, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that. Why'd you say it? I was angry. Yeah. Your emotions got control. Your emotions got control. By the way, you say, Brother T.D., man, that, that's me. Well, it's a lot of Bible characters. Abraham, he lied to Pharaoh. Why'd he lie to Pharaoh about Sarah, his wife? He was afraid. Because he was afraid, he made a bad decision. David committed adultery and later murdered. Why? He had a feeling of lust. 
And that led him to make some pretty poor decisions, didn't it? How about Moses? Moses is like my favorite Bible character outside of Jesus. Moses, great leader. Yet, he murdered a guy in Egypt. Why did he murder him? Because he was upset with what he was doing. Later, he would hit the rock. Why did he hit the rock? Because he was angry at the people. And God would say, you're not allowed in the promised land, Moses, because of that. Moses let his emotions lead him to make poor decisions. Can I ask you, church people, you got to make sure when you're making a decision, if you make a bad decision based on emotions, well, I shouldn't say that that way. If you, if you base your decisions on emotions, you may make a bad decision. Does that make sense better? That made sense, I think. Number three, everybody still awake? We alive? Okay, I'm moving quick. 738, ice cream ain't even melted yet. Number three, you might make a bad decision if your feelings mean more than your morals. Your feelings mean more than your morals. We already mentioned that their feelings are dictating their decision, but here we all agree, these guys know murder is a bad thing. They know that. They know, and if you ask them, is murder wrong, brothers of Joseph? They would say, of course it is. Yet, their feelings are trumping even things that they know are right and obviously wrong. Their feelings had trumped what their moral compass was. By the way, can I challenge you tonight, church people? Don't let Fox News, CNN News, or anyone else in this world tell you your moral compass. Use God's word, his, this book right here. Use the Holy Spirit as your guide and let God determine what is right and wrong in your life. Uh, Christians too often fall in this, well, Brother T-Day, God's not clear on it. Well, can I tell you, God's pretty clear on a whole lot of things from this book right here. And I'll also tell you this, on the things he's not clear, why do Christian people always want to err on the unsafe side and going on the, instead of going on the more conservative side? I'm going to tell you this, I want to live a life that stays close to what I believe God would want than the farther away one when I'm not quite sure. We've got to let God determine our morals, not our feelings. Here they are, knowing this is wrong, knowing it. And yet, their feelings are overruling what they know to be right and know to be wrong. By the way, that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, I believe Colby's got it up there. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We are to be led by the Spirit of God, not by our feelings. Not by our feelings. See, God wants to lead you, but if you're not careful, you let your emotions take over. And you make poor decisions because you let your emotions affect what you know God says is right versus what God said is wrong. Number four, this is an interesting one. You meet them in the middle. You might make a bad decision if you meet them in the middle. How many have ever heard that phrase, meet in the middle, right? Give a little bit, they'll give a little bit, we'll find the common ground. By the way, are there times where that can be a good decision? I believe the answer is certainly there are times. This is not one of those. Look at verse 22. Reuben steps in. Now you got to understand, Reuben's the older brother. Now we all know the role of the older brother in a family. Where's my oldest brothers? Where's the oldest siblings? There we go. I am one too, yes. We all know the responsibility of the oldest brother, right? Number one, it's to protect the younger siblings. Also, it's a license to pick on the younger siblings, amen? 
Here's Reuben. Now, I, I want you to notice this wording. This is really interesting. Some of you have read this story a hundred times. You never saw this. Look at the verse. Verse 21. And Reuben heard it. What'd he hear? Let's kill him. He's sitting at the group, right? And he's hearing, Joseph the dreamer's coming. He's hearing, let's kill him. Reuben heard it. And he delivered him out of their hands. And said, let us not kill him. Who saves Joseph's life? Reuben. Older brother. We've got one guy with common sense of the bunch, right? He's not going to murder him. Praise the Lord. But look at the next verse. And Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness. So, did Reuben stop them from murdering him? Yes or no? But did Reuben stop the picking on him? Did Reuben look out for a younger brother? No, in fact, it's his idea to throw him in the bottom of the pit. Here's Reuben trying not to appease the crowd, but also not full-on protecting. He's trying to find the middle ground. Shouldn't he have just stood up and said, hey, let's not mess with him. I know he ticks us off. I know we're annoyed by him. I know he's dreaming these crazy dreams, but let's not mess with him. He should have done that. He doesn't. He tries to find that middle ground. I grew up going to a ice cream store. How many like soft serve ice cream? Amen. Some of you are getting it after church. Amen. I love ice cream. I used to grow up and I don't know if they have this in Oregon. They had it in Michigan. How many know what a swirl is? A swirl. Game changer. Because you go to the ice cream store and you couldn't decide, do I want chocolate? Because, boy, we all love, how many like chocolate ice cream? Amen. It'll make you do a happy dance. How many like vanilla ice cream? Oh, praise the Lord. By the way, what's the greatest vanilla ice cream? Chocolate with it. So you'd go to the ice cream store and you're thinking, vanilla, chocolate, and then one day, my dad ordered a swirl. And that thing came out half chocolate, half vanilla. It was like I heard angels singing. Decisions are so much easier. I can get the swirl, yes. See, and a lot of times in life, we want decisions to be the swirl. But can I tell you, sometimes you've got to make this decision or this decision. Sometimes you can find common ground. But can I tell you, this was not one of those times for Reuben. Reuben needed to take a stand. Instead, he took a half a stand. You know what taking a half a stand looks like? It's a guy hunched over. Just so you know. He ain't taking a full stand. He half committed, half tried to appease the brothers. Can I tell you, sometimes you have to make decisions that aren't popular with everyone else. And here he is, trying to meet in the middle on a decision. He had no business meeting in the middle. He knew what was right. He knew what was wrong. By the way, look at the rest of the verse. Really interesting. I told you, maybe you never discovered this. It says, but cast him into the pit in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. You know what Reuben's plan was? Reuben's plan was this. We're not going to kill him. That's bad. But let me throw him in the pit. We'll let him sit down there for a while and suffer because he's ticking me off. And then later I'll pull him out and we'll make sure he's okay. Little, little picking on here from Reuben. Reuben didn't want him to get sold. But because Reuben didn't take a stand here, what's about to happen? He is going to get sold into slavery. Just food for thought. I don't think Reuben ever wanted him sold or killed. 
He just wanted a little torture, threw him in the pit. We'll be back in a little bit for you, buddy. That's not how the story ended, though, is it? He should have took a stand here. Number five, how many are still with me? We alive? I hope we're alive. Number five, you might make a bad decision when you look to hurt and not help. When you look to hurt and not help. Were these brothers trying to help their brother? Were they trying to hurt him? They were trying to hurt him. Look at verse uh, 22. And Reuben said, shed no blood. They were going to murder him. That's what they wanted to do. When you look to hurt and not to help, you're probably making a bad decision. We understand the simple truth of looking out for others. Looking out for others. Obviously, these brothers forgot that simple truth, didn't they? And Christian, can I tell you, when you make a decision, when you make a decision to say something, when you make a decision to do something that is going to hurt someone, whether it's verbally, whether it's emotionally, when you make a decision with the intent of, I'm going to get even, I'm going to get retaliation, I'm going to make sure they understand what I... When you go at it to try to hurt them, you're always making a poor decision. They did not want to help. They wanted to hurt. By the way, can I tell you, Jesus, you read the New Testament. Was there anyone better at helping people instead of hurting than Jesus? How about that lady caught in the act of adultery? Remember that? They brought, him to, brought her to Jesus and they, they, they wanted to stone her right there in the spot. That was the penalty. Everyone else wanted to hurt her, but Jesus instead helped her. He's a perfect example. How about the Good Samaritan? Remember that story Jesus would tell about the man who was beaten and left on the side of the road, right? He was robbed and left for dead. And the priest walked by, and he walked by the other side of the road. The Levite, these religious men, walked by, didn't help. And the Samaritan man was the one who saw the problem, and he went over to help. And can I tell you in that story, the robbers obviously made a decision to hurt, but the priest and the Levite also made a decision to hurt by leaving him bleeding there, by not going over and helping. And any time in life you make a decision where you're trying to hurt, not help, odds are you're making a bad decision. Number six, I've got two more. Everyone deep breath, hold it in. Let it out. Okay, some of you don't, don't keep holding it. You will die, okay? You will pass out. All right. Number six, you might make a bad decision if you listen to young people versus old people. Young people versus old people. Look at verse 26. Story goes on. So here they are. Verse 25. Let's, let's read verse 25. It's really interesting in the story. And they sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked. Behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery, balm, and myrrh, going to carry down from Egypt. They, they're sitting there in their group. They, they've got Joseph in the pit, uh, and, and they're eating. They're, they're taking a little break. And if you notice earlier when we read, Reuben left. Now, I don't know where Reuben went. Maybe he had to walk this off. Maybe he's thinking, man, I shouldn't have done this. I, I, we don't know what Reuben was doing, but Reuben walked away. Oldest brother, the brother who just saved Joseph, he walks away. The rest are sitting there eating, Joseph's in the pit, look at the next verse. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. Reuben leaves, the older brother, seems like the only one with a little common sense so far, correct? Correct. 
you could almost say the only wise-ish one of the group, he walks away and Judah comes up with an idea. The idea to sell this, uh, sell Joseph to these slave traders who are headed out. Bad idea, right? We all agree with this. This is a bad decision, Judah. But the older brother's not there. The older brother just saved his life a few verses before. And you now have them listening to the younger brother instead of them listening to the elder brother. By the way, I do need to mention this. Just because someone is older doesn't make them wise. How many have found that to be true? Amen. Just because someone is younger doesn't make them unwise, does it? I found that to be true. But I do know this. It sure seems like older people, elderly people, have a whole lot more wisdom than I do. And I know this. They have a whole lot more life experience than I do. And I know this. Some of them have been saved for longer than I've been alive. And I'm here to tell you, you might make a bad decision in life if you reject the wisdom of the elderly people in your life and you follow the younger people advice in your life. You might make a bad decision. Rehoboam in the Old Testament found that out, didn't he? Remember Rehoboam, Solomon's son? He was given the kingdom. He takes the throne and immediately has a problem. They have to decide whether they're going to keep taxing harder or not do that. And the old men give him the advice, remember that? And he here's the advice of the older men and Then he hears the advice of the younger men, and he goes with the advice of the younger men. He thinks, I made the right decision. He makes that decision, and that is when Israel and Judah became two nations. Ten of the tribes rejected Rehoboam. They said, that is a terrible idea, and they literally split off. And for the rest of the Old Testament, that's why you have two kingdoms. Because one guy listened to the young men's counsel, and he rejected the older, wiser people's counsel. Now, I'm not here to tell you that's a set in stone principle in life, but I will say this. You better be careful who you listen to when it comes to decision time. Number seven, and I'm done. Lastly, you might make a bad decision if you don't think how that decision will affect your family. Look at verse 34. Of course, Reuben comes back, verse 29 He finds out Joseph is gone. Immediately, the Bible says he rent his clothes. Renting the clothes in the Bible was a a symbol of distress, frustration, grief. He he comes back, the pit is, he's he's gone. And and Reuben, remember, I think Reuben wanted to to take him back home. He just wanted to give him a little little hazing maybe or, or, or just teach him a lesson. And he's gone. And now Reuben is, what do we do? What do we do? He goes on, verse 30, and he returned unto his brethren and said, the child is not, and whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat, and they killed a kid of the goats, uh, and they dipped the coat in the blood, and they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father, and said, this we have found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it, and said, it is my son's coat. Look at verse 34. And Jacob rent his clothes, and put sackcloth upon his loins, and mourned for his son many days. Can I tell you, you make a bad decision in life when you don't think of your family. Here's these brothers. By the way, did it affect them for the years to come? Oh, you better believe it. Do you think it affected Reuben? Oh, I think his whole life. Did it affect their dad? 
I mean, he thought he was dead. He, didn't, he doesn't know the rest of Genesis like we do. He doesn't know he's in Egypt. He thinks he's dead. He's lost his son. And for many days, here he is, weeping, crying, brokenhearted for his son. These guys make a decision, never one time thinking, if I make this decision, look what it does to my family. How many decisions we would make that would be better if instead of thinking about us and our feelings and our emotions, husbands, we think of our wives. Wives, you think of your husband. Dads, you think of your children. Moms, you think of your children. Friend, you think of your friends. Are you getting the picture tonight? So often, decisions would be a lot better if we stopped to think, if I make this decision, how is it going to affect my family? How's it going to affect my kids? How's it going to affect my marriage? How's it going to affect my relationship, teenagers, with my mom and dad? And a lot of times if we would stop to think how it would affect them, we might make a better decision. That's all I've got tonight. You survived. Deep breaths. We're going to have a word of prayer. And then it's ice cream time for you Bible readers. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes for a word of prayer. With heads bowed, eyes closed, before we pray, could I ask you a question tonight? Maybe tonight someone in the room, someone in the room has a big decision. It's a work thing, it's a family thing, it's a job thing, it's a parenting decision. I wonder if tonight there's anyone in the room, say, Brother TJ, right now I am facing a big decision. Brother TJ, would you pray for me? Now, I don't need to know the decision, you know it, but I want to say a special prayer for you in just a second. Is there anyone today, say, Brother TJ, I got a big decision in my life, I need some prayer for this decision, would you raise your hand? I'm, not, I'm looking around, no one else is. Say, Brother TJ, I got a big decision. There's hands all over the room. With heads bowed, eyes closed. How many say, Brother TJ? As you, we looked at these brothers, it's their poor decision making. How many say, Brother, tonight, Brother TJ, tonight, uh, if I was to be honest, I've been guilty of making some of those poor decisions. One of those seven things I've done in the past. Is there anyone say, Brother TJ, that's me, I've done it. Raise your hand. Is there anybody like that? I see hands all over, my hands up. In fact, both of mine are up. With heads bowed, eyes closed, how many say, Brother TJ, would you pray for me tonight that as I make the decisions coming up, that I would think about this story and that maybe, Brother TJ, it would help me, that you would pray, Brother TJ, for me in my decisions. Is there anyone say, Brother TJ, would you pray for me tonight? I see hands all over the room. With heads bowed, eyes closed, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand to our feet and the piano's going to play. Would you stand to your feet tonight? And as the piano plays, if you want, the altar is open for just a moment. If you're at your seat, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And would you tonight, just for a minute, connect with God? Would you pray for those decisions yourself, personally? I'm going to pray for you in a second. But would you pray in your heart? Some of us this week, we made some bad decisions. Aren't you glad God forgives, though? But, as we go forward we got to make better ones. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you pray? Dear Lord, we love you. God, you saw the hands tonight. There are many members that are represented here who are facing decisions. I don't know them, 
I don't know what the options even are. But Lord, tonight, I would ask that you, Holy Spirit of God, that lives in each heart of the believers that are represented here, that Holy Spirit, you would help them in their decisions. That God, you would make it clear what is right, what is wrong. And that God, you would help them to make the decision and then that you would help them uh, to do it. And whatever that might take, whatever that might mean, that God, you would lead them and guide them in that area of their life. Lord, many of us this week even have made some bad decisions. Lord, today, we want to be better at that. and We, want to, we don't want to be perfect because we know we're never going to get there. But Lord, we do know and want to be better Christians, to be better husbands, fathers, uh, wives, children. Lord, we want to be better and we want to make better decisions. So please help each and every believer represented here tonight. And Lord, we ask... That as we leave this service tonight, that you would walk by our side and that, God, you would be with us. Be with us at work tomorrow. Be with us at home tonight and be with us in the car as we drive home. Get us there safely. In your precious name, Jesus, we love you. Amen. With that, you are dismissed. If you are an ice cream receiver, Brother Derek's already out there waiting with some delectable treats. You're dismissed. (laughs) 